Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. And welcome to another episode of the Russell Talk podcast. I am Chopper Pete Quinnell, and today I'm not joined by my intangible co-host Tempest. No, no, I've got a special treat for you today. I'm joined by SP3. Hey, bud, how you doing? I'm doing great. Glad to be back on here with you to talk some SmackDown, some Rampage, mm-hmm. some mm-hmm. miscellaneous stuff as well. So always a good mm-hmm. time talking to you. Yeah. Man, uh, we were just saying just before we start recording this that you're in London right now, in the same city as me, and yet we're not doing this podcast in person in the studio because we're both busy. <laughs> Saturday is usually my busy day. I usually do True Hill Heat, but they asked me mm-hmm. to do this podcast with you. I was like, oh, of course. I love I love Pete. I got to talk to Pete. Pete's the only one that I could see eye to eye with when I went to the office. So <laughs> this is the best person for me to talk to. <laughs> and while you're busy working and doing all your stuff that makes your your, your life so busy, I'm playing D&D after the podcast. So like I need to, you know, I need to set aside time for that. I can't be doing the podcast in person because then I wouldn't be be able to play the D&D right afterwards. So I need to I need to make sure I'm home for that. Um, <clears throat> yeah, slightly uh, different uh, philosophies on that one. But yeah, so in the, priorities. Yeah, you... priorities, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> exactly. Right. Um, but yeah, you're just saying you came to the office this week. Which was pretty cool. Um, I was a bit sad because I couldn't. I couldn't stay around. I wanted to to stick around and chill with you guys. Did you guys do stuff after I left? Like, did you did you hang about and like play games and stuff? Yes, I got to play some uh, 2K, and it was my first experience uh, playing mm-hmm. 2K. So everyone took advantage of me because I didn't know how to smash the X button fast enough to get pinfalls. So yeah. we were fatal four ways. I was the guy that took the fall, and I seemed mm-hmm. to with our with you guys uh, random randomizing with who you pick. Uh, mm-hmm. That that always screwed me over because I was first I was Dolph Ziggler from 2009, then I was <laughs> Grand Matalik. 
finally i got someone good i was ray mysterio jr but we did a 20 man mm-hmm. uh royal rumble and i got mm-hmm. eliminated like just before shane mcmahon won the entire thing amazing just like he should in real life i feel yeah it's about time you know um yeah i got i got a message from andy after i left because i left because i don't even know the night before i had some i had some problems at home uh because there was uh there was water essentially running down the entire side of the building uh and it was coming into our flat and was dripping through the ceiling and all that stuff so i had to leave work relatively early to be like i gotta go home and like make sure we're all okay kind of thing and and you know my my, my partner was still here so i had to go and make sure she was okay because she'd be dealing with that all, all the whole day and stuff like that so it's like i'd love to stay but also i really need to get back to to my flat yes. um and then i just got messages from andy afterwards just being like oh yeah we're playing 2k and it's like these people are in the ring it's like you're my gm draft i'm like <sighs> i really want to like to stay <laughs> It's like you, 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 Andy is the person who gives you FOMO. He's like the guy. Like yeah. You, you know you it, have other responsibilities, and he's still gonna just rub it in your face, like you're missing out on this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, that's the thing. Andy has such massive FOMO. Yeah, he's the cause of the FOMO for a lot of other people as well. Because he'll just say like, "We're doing this thing right now." It's like, thanks, Andy. Appreciate it. He messaged me afterwards as well that he was playing a board game that I really love as well with Adam and Adam's partner, and I was like. Andy, come on, dude. Like, I'm right here. Like, you know why I can't be in the office, man. You're just rubbing this in my face now. I I do have to tell everybody, Andy's reaction when he first saw me, when he meets me Mm. outside the office, he's like, oh my god, you're short. I was like... (laughs) This is how you you greet people who come across the pond, come see you all? He's like, oh my god, you're short. I was like, like, I've never been reacted to like that. Even when my my significant other met me for the Mm -hmm. first time, I told her I was short beforehand, but she didn't say, oh my god, you're short. Like, Andy was like, it was like he was fearful of my height. That is such an Andy reaction. And it's funny as well, because when Andy went down to let you in, we then had a very rapid fire round table discussion. We're like, how tall do you think SP3 is going to be? And I was like, and people were like, I don't know, he's got like tall guy energy. And I was like, you know, I don't think so. I think he's going to be average height at best. I think he might be kind of like on the short side. Everyone was like, no, don't be ridiculous. And then he walked in and I was like, hey guys, (laughs) kind of right here. He's like, he's like, finally, someone around my height here. Exactly. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it was so great to have you and Sat as well. Obviously, that came to the office. That was that was a bunch of fun. Um, but we should get into talking about the the main portion of the show, um, where we're going to start off talking about SmackDown and that Lacey Evans return because is she a heel? <laughs> that was uh confusing. Um, so you know what? Let's just, let's just talk about it in the show. Here it is. that we're going to be talking about is this Lacey Evans re-debut return I guess if you want to call it that with this kind of new character that she's been doing where she's been doing I think it's what four or five weeks now where she's done promos about her backstory basically her life story all the struggles that she's had to overcome and me personally I've really enjoyed these promos I think that the first one was probably the best one because it was completely unexpected it didn't have the 
red, white, and blue backdrop, which I don't think is actually that good. Also, I'm going to apologize in advance. There's a lot of construction work happening directly above me in the flat above. They're getting a new kitchen. So if there's a lot of drilling and hammering and all that stuff, and you guys can hear it, sorry. Um, but uh, yeah, so so Lacey's been doing these promos weeks after week, saying about how her family's had to overcome with addiction issues and how um, her dad abused her and stuff like that, like really like serious, heavy topics. And I think she's been delivering them really well in these promos, and it's been getting me the most invested I'd ever been in Lacey Evans. So that's nice. Yeah. That's really good. She came back this week. She did one more promo earlier in the show, and she came back on this episode. The problem with the return, though, was after she did a promo, it cut to the ring. It was Samantha Earth, and then introduced but like, oh, you know, we've all we've all heard Lacey Evans' stories. So, please, we want to welcome back Lacey Evans. And Lacey has instructed us to show the proper respect and applaud her. Here she is. It's Lacey Evans, and she came out and she was hamming it up and going yeah and celebrating in the crowd. And everyone was applauding her, and the commentary team's going, oh, what just what? One inspiration, Lacey Evans. Yeah, just really, really happy to see her back. And then she did, you know, the the women's right pose thing. You, you know, the one. And then she left. And I was really confused by the whole thing. Because I really thought we were supposed to cheer her. And WWE was still portraying it like we were supposed to cheer her. But also, her saying, everyone applaud me, I've been through a lot, is such a heel trait. What's happening, SP3? Um, they've completely mind boggled us all, I think, because first of all, I really, I agree with you. Like the first one was a surprise. It was very enlightening and, you know, you were able to get invested in Lacey Evans and not have the veil of the, the sassy Southern Belle and you got to really know her. The second week, they kind of upped the volume on the background music, which I was like, okay, this isn't as good as the first week, but I'm still here. I'm still for it. The third week, I was like, okay, great. This is a great finale. Then we got a fourth week. And I was just like, okay, all right, you're you're dragging it out now. And then this was the fifth week. And I was just like, I'll be honest with everybody here. I, I I never I never hold any punches. I didn't really listen to this promo because I was at the point where I'm like, okay, I get it. Your dad sucks. Your life sucks. Okay, I, I I get it at this point. You're dragging it out too long. And then that introduction happened, and it was just very jarring because it got to the point after the fourth week where I'm like okay, I get this is the new character, but what I'm scared of is that we're going to go the shameless Jeff Hardy route of really talking about someone's serious problems as a heel heat. So whoever she feuds with first is going to be the heel to be like, yeah, your dad sucks, your life sucks. Yeah, like like how I was feeling. Like <laughs> That's how they're going to get their heat. And then we got this heel and it was just like, so you sympathized her, you told her real life story about all the struggles, all the people in her family that have dealt with addictions and how she's overcome that, become a great mother, become a great Marine, become a great wrestler, and she's a heel? Huh? Like, I'm just, I don't know where we go after this, but what we did get at the end of the promo that I did hear is that she switched it up a little bit. Instead of saying, they're no better than me, but I, you know, I'm no better than them. They're no better than me. So that makes me, you know, a fighting person. She said, I'm soon to be SmackDown Women's Champion. So 
I mean, I think it's a foregone conclusion that Ronda Rousey is going to win on Sunday at WrestleMania Backlash, and we're probably going to get a third match with Charlotte and Ronda. And I, my fear is that they're going to do the mistake they made with Becky Lynch after WrestleMania 35, where Becky Lynch was hot, you know, a new champion. And the first feud she got was Lacey Evans. And they're going to do that to Ronda Rousey coming out of the Charlotte Flair feud. And her first feud is going to be Lacey Evans. So I really don't know what to make of this. Because obviously she said she's going to be SmackDown Women's Champion. And I think that, you know, with, with this character, if they did it right... There's, there's enough legs. There could be genuine fan support for her that could get behind her as, as a strong baby face. And my worry is that they didn't see this as a heel move. Them saying, Lacey has requested that everyone show the proper respect and applaud. They just think that's a baby face being like, hey, you guys should acknowledge that I'm, I've been through a lot, right? Which is not a thing. <laughs> it's, not, it's definitely a heel thing. It's not true. But my worry is that WWE are still very much portraying her as a babyface. And her saying every week, if they keep this up, of her being like, you must show respect and applaud because Lacey's been through a lot, is going to wear thin very, very quickly and people will start to boo her. And now what you've done is you've just started booing an abuse victim. Well done, WWE, right? That's a, that's a bad time. That's a, that's a bad call. Don't do that. Um, so I, I'm concerned with this one because i think they had something and i'm worried that they're going to squander it my worry is more that it would be ronda wins at wrestlemania backlash charlotte flair then is angry and then goes after lazy evans has been like hey shut up you you you've been through stupid stuff and i'm gonna oh i just came up with a terrible line that i'm not gonna say oh i just came up with a really really offensive that I reckon WWE might do, but I'm not going to say it because that's don't, bad. Don't um, give them the idea. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm i concerned that I think they're still going to push Lacey Evans as the big baby face without the baby face qualities. Like they did the baby face work and now they've just powered a bunch of heel stuff on top, which is just going to obscure all the work they did before. So I, I'm, I'm worried. I don't know where they go from here. Yeah, my that was like my, my whole fear after like the third week of this whole promos is that they are presenting her with her real life story, but then she has to be into the WWE storylines. And mm. what WWE doesn't do well is real life stories. So yeah. <laughs> this this is why I don't think it's gonna connect very well. I want the best for, for Lacey, and I would say this is the most death and layers that they've given her character, but yeah, it just it was just very jarring. Like my my partner who doesn't always watch SmackDown caught that part, and she was just like, "I'm confused." Like I thought this, she was like watching the promo, and she was like, "This is not a like a little special for mental health um uh, for mental health month." She was like, "This is a storyline." I was like, "Yeah," and then then she heard the introduction. She was like, "Well, I want to boo her now. Like, what's <laughs> what's going on?" Like she was so confused. She was half asleep, by the way. So mm. it, you yeah. can imagine, you know, us watching it being confused. Imagine someone half asleep watching this after taking care of two kids all day. And they're just like, wait, what? And yeah, that's where all of us were at. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm baffled. I'm baffled by this choice. And it's not the first time, obviously, that WWE's done something weird like this. 
I just really hope, at, le- at least for Lacey's sake, because I reckon she deserves a good chance with this character to see if she can get good babyface support behind her and see if she can make something of this run. I think it'd be unfair to her to just kind of pull the rug out and not give it a proper go. I hope for her sake, more than anything, that they drop the whole Lacey request that you applaud her thing, because that will turn fans way quicker than you, than WWE would expect. I think that that, that is like what, one-way ticket to Boo Central, right? Which they need to just get 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 off that road real quick. So I really hope that they they at least drop that bit. And the thing is, even if they said, if they brought Lacey back and they said, hey, we've heard the really tragic story of Lacey Evans. Uh, we're going to welcome her back to WWE. So everyone, please get on your feet. Let's applaud and welcome back Lacey Evans. I still would have been a bit like, hmm, this isn't quite right. But at least Lacey herself didn't request that. That sounds yes. like WWE is saying, let's appreciate Lacey for all she's done kind of thing and all she's been through, which is very, very different from Lacey saying, you should all appreciate me more because I've been through a lot. Because spoilers, everyone's been through stuff. Even if it's not as bad as what Lacey has done, obviously there's a lot of stuff in her life that she's talked about the last few weeks. Everyone has stuff that they've been through. Everyone has tragic things that have happened to them or family members or whatever. So her being like, everyone acknowledge, acknowledge me. That's acknowledge like, she's saying acknowledge me. She's the tribal <laughs> chief. She's the tribal Southern Belle. That's what it is. <laughs> the tribal Belle. She's the tribal Belle. Oh my God. You 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 cracked the case. <laughs> you cracked the case, feet. That's what she's oh, trying to get her no. We have to acknowledge what she's been through, acknowledge her as our new tribal Belle, and oh. we need to cheer her. So she's the one. She is the one. She's the one. Oh, God, I hate all of that. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Anyway, should we see what you guys think? Keep sending in your ultra chats to wrestletalk.com forward slash support. Uh, we're going to read out all the ones that are five US dollars. Uh, the Tribell? No! Oh, chat, you've done it. Well done, chat. Well done, chat. Hold on. Andy Hannon, well done. Well done. Very good, the Tribell. Oh, that's beautiful. Uh, send in your ultra chats to wrestletalk.com forward slash support. Um, said five US dollars are up. We're going to read them. Uh, Tails P said, "Okay, here we go. <laughs> Great start to the ultra chat. Love it." Because Lacey said that every week in one of her promos. Uh, I think I time traveled. Lacey made her entrance. Pat and Cole announced she was about to have a match with Raquel Rodriguez. There was a Raquel video package, and then Sami Zayn came out. Did I miss something? Did they say she was going to have a match with Raquel? No, they said, you know, we've been learning more about Lacey, like we've been learning more about one of our newest superstar, uh, Raquel Rodriguez. It was one of those weird segues, so I can totally understand if you were confused and thought it was leading to a match. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, We'll talk about, uh, got some other ones that are just about AEW in general. Uh, Cool KK, let's not deal with those initials too much it says hey hey all hail quinnell and it's good to be me sp3 i really wish that jurassic express seemed more like top level tag champs versus interim champs now with jb going after the ftw belt they're losing more and more focus hashtag tag team top guys hashtag law for life nice thanks um yeah i i i'll be honest i haven't watched dynamite from this week have i missed something with jungle boy going for the ftw title where's this uh, come from basically they were interviewing teen taz backstage and of course it's a backstage interview so they always have to be interrupted so jurassic express came in and jungle mm-hmm. boy was like you know we accept the challenge of ricky starks and powerhouse hobbs for our tag team titles but first before that he wanted an opportunity at the ftw championship and then we got christian uh, saying that ricky starks shades are fake and ricky took exception to that and accepted the challenge of uh jungle boy 
Cool KK again says, uh, do you think the FTW belt will ever be held with any high prestige within AEW? When they debuted it, I had really high hopes that it was going to create this rough, tough division, all doing what they can for that championship. Um, personally, I think the FTW belt is just getting in the way. They have so many belts in AEW, and to have one that's not officially like sanctioned or recognized, yet still be defended on, it's just a weird dynamic that i don't think fits with the rest of the promotion when when they have so many other belts especially with the ring of honor ones now yeah like when it was in ecw it kind of took the function of like how game changer wrestling now they have like the ultra violent championship so it's not the gcw heavyweight title but you know what the ultra violent championship is nothing but death matches and in ecw the ftw title would just have these crazy matches with taz and bam bam bigelow or taz and sabu sabu was champion for a while having these type of death matches and they had its like function within that kind of uh you know environment with the ftw title is like the secondary tnt championship and it's not defended as much as the tnt championship so it's very confusing i thought it would be similar to how new japan has the never open weight championship which is like the the big beefy boys just having hard-hitting matches when they had proud you know Brian Cage as the champion for a while, but since Ricky Starks has become champion, he's defended it and had really good matches with it. His match with Jay Lethal on Rampage was great, but it just is not defended enough to kind of have its own identity. Yeah, exactly. That That's the thing. It doesn't have its own identity. It feels like a lower mid-card title, which it shouldn't on around the waist of a guy like Ricky Starks, who's great. And like I said, it's not defended enough, and it's still not officially, like, recognized or sanctioned so it's like well what is it then it just uh, it just raises more questions and for me it just gets in the way of of storytelling rather than aiding it um we'll do one more ultra jet here from the train 24 that says are you guys the mocha tangibles or the intangibros uh i need to know the hardest hitting of questions on this saturday morning along those lines have either of you ever been stopped in public by fans of the channel i feel like that would be super odd it is um <laughs> <laughs> Um, I I got it at uh when I went to full gear uh mm -hmm. you know in November last year like I had people that would stop me and be like oh you you you're from Russell Talk or you're from True Hill Heat and I was just like um i don't know how to react to this like the first time i ever got it is what i did a uh, reaction video well i still do reaction videos on my friend's channel jimmy macaram for like tv and movie reviews and someone came up to me in yankee stadium in the middle of yankee stadium like hey sp3 i'm like where do i know you from did we go to school together it's like no I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of uh jimmy jimmy's channel and i'm just like uh, okay oh. hey Oh, you want nice. to take a picture? I don't know if I was like, to say, you want to take a picture? You want to I don't know how to react. That's amazing. I've got it a couple times at wrestling shows, mainly because I'm with a lot of the other WrestleTalk guys as well. So we're quite a noticeable like group of people. Um, but I've also had it twice where I was sitting one time. This was like in like, this was August 2020. So there were still like some like restrictions with lockdown and that, but it wasn't like, lockdown lockdown so my parents had come up to visit and we were outside and we were sitting far apart and having a chat like next to the next to the river and i saw a guy cycle past who kind of looked like he was like staring at me as he cycled past i was like that was weird and then after chad went home went on twitter and i'd seen a tweet from someone to be like did i see you out sitting by the river early i thought i recognized you and i was like yes i was just chatting to my 
parents. Um, and there was another guy who was very lovely, um, who went to the same gym that I did for a little while. Um, and he came over and I just had like my music in. I was barely even paying attention. So I thought he wanted like the seat I was on or something or the, the machine I was using and all that. And he came up and he was like, hey, big fan of your channel. I'm like, I back you on Patreon and stuff. I'm like, that's awesome. That's really cool. That guy was really nice. Um, and then I stopped going to the gym, not because of him. I want to clarify. Um, <laughs> that's what it sounded like. <laughs> that's definitely not what happened. Trust me, I we went back to the office. That's what happened in August 2021, and all my schedule got thrown out of whack. And suddenly, I was going back to the office instead of working remotely. We'll get into the rest of SmackDown now, then the rest of Rampage, then your option chance afterwards. Um, so. Smackdown as a whole, it started off with a big old recap of the Beat the Clock stuff from last week. I always love my favorite phrase when they say, it's about bragging rights. I'm like, I don't care anymore. You've just made me check out instantly. Like, there's what you mean is, there are no stakes. Like, that's, that's what you're trying to say. Yes. Um, but whatever. Uh, we had Charlotte Flair versus Aaliyah. Was they, they went through, here's a couple of things happening tonight. Here's Charlotte Flair versus Aaliyah going to have this as the opening match. And I thought, I was like, you know what? I'm okay with this because it's a segment where, because it's something that I've, I've only really noticed because of this match, really. But something that WWE does a lot is that if someone is in a feud with someone else, they have to interact with them in every segment. Like they have to be talking to them every single week or they have to have a match or they have to have a promo segment or a contract signing or a something where those two have to interact on the show. They can't have like a single match over here or a single match over here to build up both of them. So when they do collide later down the line, it makes more sense or whatever. So I was like, okay, it's not Charlotte and Ronda interacting. That's good. Yeah. Cool. It can give Charlotte a win ahead of the um, pay-per-view. Also good. And it makes sense from last week because Aaliyah didn't tap out quick enough um, in the in the I quit, beat the clock stuff. So you know what? Charlotte would be mad about that. I'm all for this. This is great. And then Charlotte came out and did a promo and I was like, never mind. <laughs> um, I'm not on board anymore. <laughs> I don't want this. I don't know what this promo was from Charlotte. She was, like, doing a quick type five. Like, what was she up to on this one? I don't know. I've not been into Charlotte promos for a while. And this wasn't good. She was just making, cracking jokes and stuff. And then she, like, just called Aaliyah to come closer as if she was Ronda Rousey. And then she just punched her in the face. was like, what did you expect to happen, Aaliyah? Stop being an idiot. Um, Sure. Whatever. It was was an opening promo. Yeah, it was... It was great that uh, Pat McAfee pointed out that Aaliyah came closer to her when Charlotte was calling her Rhonda. He was like, that's not even your name. Why would you come closer <laughs> to her? Like, I love Pat McAfee. He's the voice of us watching the show, really, a lot yeah. of times when he said stuff. But I, I did like this at first as well because it's for the fans that only watch SmackDown. This was a very cool way to kind of start the show because that's how the show ended last week with Charlotte mm-hmm. basically playing playing with her food and not being able to put away uh, Aaliyah only 
even though she only had 101 seconds to get the job done, she still yep. wanted to take her time with it and lost the Beat the Clock Challenge. This was a nice little progression to that. And she could have just had a quick promo, got into the match, and finished her in 101 seconds. That would have been the logical thing to do. But no, we can't have a match start off the show. We have to have a promo. And the promo leads to a brawl between the people that are actually feuding at the pay-per-view. But I will say... It, people people don't realize this, but Charlotte and Ronda Rousey have been feuding since January, since the SmackDown after the Royal Rumble, when Ronda mm-hmm. chose Charlotte to be her opponent at WrestleMania 38. And this is the best segment they have had together because it just kept it physical. You keep a mic out of Rhonda's hands and just keep it physical between the two women. Rhonda came off well. Charlotte came off well in the brawl. I could have done without the promo. And they could have just had her, you know, beat Aaliyah and then Rhonda come out and did the brawl. That would have been more effective. But overall, I thought that this was a good opening to the show and actually felt like a good go-home segment for the pay-per-view, which I won't be seeing a lot on the show. Yes, I agree. Yeah, I, I thought this what this was a very effective brawl, and I think they kept really good intensity through it, um, which f- a lot of times when WWE put on like pull-apart brawls and stuff, it feels very superficial because they just do a couple punches and then a bunch of officials come out and then that's it. They get pulled apart and they're like, grr, and then like, that's it. Whereas this one, they got a good physicality. They kept coming back together. And even when they were like falling on top of each other, and even when they were like trying to be pull apart, Ronda just got in a couple of shots in her back and stuff like that. It was like, it it felt a bit more like real and intense than you normally get from a brawl. So I thought this was a really good, uh, effective segment and a good go home angle as well, which is nice. That's good to see. Thumbs up for the start of the show, I'd say. Um, After that, we got a recap of the Baszler, Natalia, Naomi Banks feud so far. I love that they show a recap of Shayna Baszler doing the elbow stump, which they called the Future Endeavors stump. Mm-mm. Don't like that. That's bad. Don't do that. Um, but they, they did the replay of her doing that to Naomi. And then they said, Naomi had a, a minor rotator cuff strain. And I was like, you've just made me not care again. Why did you just tell me that she got like a mild boo-boo? Like, just, just say she got hurt. That's it. Just to come out in little wrappings, and she's hurt. Maybe in a sling, sell it a bit. That's fine. So, just a mild rotator cuff strain, and then she came out with like sort of bandages, but like no sling, and she was fine mostly. And it was like, yeah, yeah. Why you gotta do this? Come on. <laughs> um, but we had Sasha Banks versus Shayna Baszler. Um, I've really enjoyed that because of the camera angle of this. Um, Sasha's headband just looked like it said "git" <laughs> rather than "legit." Get her, yes, get. <laughs> uh, which I thought was great. Um, this match was fine. <laughs> it was, it was fine. I got nothing else to say, man. Like the the match itself was okay. I didn't really like the finish because it was just like a roll up with Natalia's help. Baszler won, but then the baby faces with an injured Naomi stood tall. So who went over here? <laughs> they have to 50-50 book everything. Like, mm-hmm. really, like, last week, we, where Shayna Baszler should have just beat 
Naomi because it would have been the more effective way to build up to the championship match next week is Shayna Baszler beats both champions back-to-back weeks and then they do the post-match beatdown so the the heels and the challengers come in with some momentum into next week's uh championship match but no we couldn't do that last week so Shayna gets the win this week they attack them after and instead of both champions coming in with injuries where it looked like Shayna was about to do the featured endeavored stomp on uh, Sasha Banks arm Naomi with one arm is able to fight off both women and make the save because that's what we have to do we have to 50 50 book everything and I'm still baffled of why this matchup is not on the pay-per-view on Sunday I don't understand um I don't get it at all there's what one title match on pay-per-view yes. And it's just yes. Ronda Charlotte, and that's it. Why? <laughs> You've got so many titles. That's weird. You, you have, have so many, so many women's feuds too, and yeah. there's only so one many. women's match. Yeah, I. To me, that's baffling, and especially because as well, if you're not gonna do the title unification and you've got the tag titles wrapped up in that six man tag match, even if you want to do that, and you've taken up the the you know the the universal undisputed wwe whatever and you've got both sets of tag titles all caught up that not being defended cool you still have an intercontinental and a u.s title maybe defend them on pay-per-view you know that title that you haven't defended on pay-per-view in so long it's fine it's fine i'm sure it'll be a fine show i won't watch it probably um (laughs) i'm gonna be away i'm gonna be on holiday you expect me to watch it when i'm on holiday no i'm not doing that um we got a recap of the RK Bro and Usos stuff from last week with the contract signing. I'm not getting into it again. It still doesn't make sense. Uh, the Usos then cut a promo backstage saying that they're going to win. That was a, that was that. Um, and then we got then we got happy talk. Okay, okay. So also RK Bro did a promo backstage as well. Said they're going to win. Riveting. Uh, but, Corbin comes out, almost instantly gets interrupted by Madcap Moss on the Tron, who does some jokes that aren't funny. No. And then Corbin says, you wouldn't have the, the, the guts to say that to my face. So then Madcap Moss comes out to the ring and then does more jokes that aren't funny. And then Corbin walks away. And then they go, well, that matches at WrestleMania Backlash. What a go-home angle. Like... Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> Is it really that difficult? Oh, I did not like this at all. Oh, oh, you you were a lot better to it than I was. Like, I hated this segment. This segment, I, I thought that a lot of this show, in a vacuum, I enjoyed it. But this segment alone just made me be like... Oh no, I did not like this episode of SmackDown because this is supposed to be the go home angle where the babyface is a wisecracking comedian who's not funny and hasn't yet to be funny. He just was he's just as a babyface because people hate Happy Corbin, but he couldn't even get a reaction with these awful jokes. And they did the Pitbull one. That was clever because he did look like Pitbull, Happy Corbin. He did, he did with the sunglasses and what he was wearing. So that was a pretty good one. But it was like a law of diminishing returns after that. Like that was his first joke. 
And then it just kept getting bad, worse, worse, and worse after that. And it just dragged so much that I did not, I couldn't really reinvest into the show after this segment. And But it made me clear that I was correct in my prediction earlier in the week that Happy Corbin is winning this match on Sunday because they got a 50-50 book this. They have to. Please don't have Happy Corbin win this. I can't have this feud go on for longer. Please. Also, what is Happy Talk? What is Happy Talk? Because in my view, I thought it was a talk show. You know, you bring out a guest. Who was the guest? This was just Baron Corbin cutting a promo. Stupid. Anyway... Also, Mad Cat Moss's entrance music is not good. No. Um, that's just a that's just another point. Uh, Drew Gulak. We got a recap of Drew Gulak getting dunked on recently, uh, which I thought was quite good. And he came out and he's like, he's going to have a match, mystery opponent. And I was like, okay, this is good. This is good. Not bad. And came out. Turns out to be Walter. Nice. And look, I've been pretty critical about all the changes they've made with name, music, attire. No Fabian Eichner, all that stuff. Don't like all those changes they made. When he started coming down to the ring this time, I still got excited. And I was like, I'm really looking forward to watching Walter kill Drew Gulak. And he and he killed him. Um, and it was great. And that and that's, you know, testament to how great Walter is, I think, that he's still able to make me feel that way, despite all the things that are dragging attempting to drag it down. I thought this was the best that he'd looked on the main roster so far from his SmackDown call up and i'm really looking forward to him getting to do something more meaningful he's the best presentation of anyone that they've introduced after uh wrestlemania because i would have said lacey evans about two weeks ago when we were (laughs) in the third week of her of her promos uh raquel rodriguez i i'm still baffled by why she did a promo segment backstage with los letharios and then that weird segment where natalia and Shayna baszler was talking about her right in front of her and she had to act like she didn't hear them and then it took like three, four weeks before she has her first match. So don't get me started on that one. I would say Gunther, Walter, I, I, I'll call him Gunther. Cause I, I, I heard his, I heard, I heard what you had to say and you, you're, you're okay with the name change. I'm okay with the name change. So I, I think that they did well with having him beat the enhancement talent. And now he took a step up by beating Drew Gulak. And it just, it's building more sympathy for Drew Gulak. So it's cause as soon as the music hit, I was just like, Oh, you poor, poor sad schmuck. Oh, man. I I feel so bad for you. Your chest is going to feel like ground beef after this matchup. And he was great in just getting his butt kicked. It was it was awesome. Mm. A phenomenal squash match for Gunther. Yeah, this was really, really good. Um, I guess this is a nitpick, but I'm going to do it anyway. The start of this match, there were USA chants. And I was like, oh, what is this, the 80s? Grow up. Jesus Christ. This was stupid. <laughs> and, and that was definitely from the crowd because there was a lot of mm. stuff like like with the opening. Like I said, I liked the Ronda and Charlotte uh, pull apart brawl. What I didn't like is that they couldn't trust the Long Island fans to just react to it. They had to press the fake crowd noise and it's mm. very noticeable. And even with the Sasha and, and Shayna, they had an OK matchup. But I just heard the very noticeable let's go Sasha chance that 
sound did not sound like a live crowd at all and yeah it's just that one was the actual crowd so i understand now Mm -hmm. why they didn't trust the crowd (laughs) (laughs) they're chanting usa to someone who's from austrian uh who's austrian and he's presented as german um it's it's very jarring and i i didn't understand that i was like where are we back in the 1990s 1980s okay stupid um we got a, a good promo backstage or at least one that makes sense which is shinsuke nakamura and they showed a recap of shinsuke and roman their interaction from a few weeks ago and they said hey shinsuke what up with that and shinsuke said hey i've not forgotten about roman and when the time is right i'm going to get my revenge on him and i was like they acknowledged it great that's all we wanted wwe is for some sort of logical sense so that you acknowledge that that is what happened and you haven't just dropped the story entirely because now at some point they can just pull the trigger on the shinsuke thing and have him have a feud and just be like hey i didn't forget roman about what you did to me before do you remember and that's good they're setting that up for the future nice great and also really like that Sami Zayn was listening to this promo because of what came later but we'll talk about that in a little bit this wasn't necessarily an amazing promo, but it made sense. Thumbs up. Yeah, it made sense. They acknowledged something that people have been asking, like, what was the follow-up? What was the reason for doing that? Why was that the big angle that Roman promoted on Monday Night Raw, the 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 segment on Monday Night Raw, the Raw after WrestleMania, where they were like, Roman Reigns, for the first time since becoming undisputed WWE Universal Champion, is kind of come out at the end of the show. And at the end of the show, he says, watch SmackDown. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then we watch SmackDown, and all he says is he wants the Usos to unify the titles. And then what he did last week just kind of screwed that all up. But then he had the whole angle with Shinsuke Nakamura, and they finally just acknowledged it. That's all we asked for. It's just make it make sense. It doesn't make mm-hmm. sense that we saw Shinsuke as a lumberjack and he didn't say anything before that, or he hasn't had a match since then to kind of give him some wins if he is eventually going to verse Roman Reigns. Like, yeah, but we, we got to take what we can get here. The best part, yes, was Sami Zayn in the background. He's 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 basically his new character is Randall from Recess. He's just good. He's just <laughs> writing down notes. Yes. He's like, I'm going, I'm going to go back to the principal. I'm going to the principal to tell on TJ. Amazing. That's such a good comparison. And we'll talk about, uh, talk about Sammy a little bit more later. Um, but first we got Kayla Braxton putting in the work tonight, did another interview with Drew McIntyre, who said they're going to win a backlash. And also he should kick off Roman's head tonight. Again, riveting. Um, we then got Seamus and Rich Holland versus the New Day. In a tag team tables match. Also, why wasn't this on pay-per-view? Not going to question it. Um, and they're still playing up. They don't know where Butch is. We'll talk about that more in a little bit when we talk about the finish. But this match, I thought, was a bunch of fun. The match itself, I thought, was really good. Because it was, obviously, at being a tables match, it had that kind of tornado tag rules nature of it that really aided to it. Um, got a lot of really cool tag team offense in there. Really fast paced throughout. And we got a nice little spotlight on Xavier Woods, which I always like because he's great. He's a very good professional wrestler. So anytime we get to see him do some more wrestling, I'm always a fan. This is a really good. Kofi did a massive dive to the outside onto Sheamus through the barricade, which was really, really cool. Um, Lots of really fun spots. 
built to a really like natural um crescendo as well which i think really aided the finish because the finish could have come off really like anticlimactic but for me it like built to a point so it didn't it didn't it was a, wasn't a great finish but i didn't mind it too much in this in this sense so it, it was all right um really enjoyed the match but then the finish came in where butch revealed where he'd been the whole time which is under the ring which doesn't make any sense because they've changed arenas since he left and also he left through the crowd but that's not the point because he came out and he beat up Woods and Kingston and then Woods got put through a table and then Sheamus and Holland won he went from scrappy do to hornswoggle in one segment sure did he's been living yeah. under the ring that's where Butch has been um I would say this this was the most fun match on either show, on SmackDown or Rampage. I liked a lot of mm-hmm. matches on Rampage. I liked uh, definitely more matches on Rampage than I did yeah. SmackDown. But in a vacuum, this was the best matchup because Kofi Kingston felt like the Kofi Kingston of 2019. Like he mm. was just flying all over the place, selling for Sheamus and Ridge. Uh, Ridge was serviceable for what he had to play here. Sheamus is always great in the ring. I think that he's a guy that doesn't get enough credit. And like you said, Xavier Woods is someone that it just feels like since he's come back he's had good matches especially like his matches with butch you know i love the new finisher of the backwoods and the references from pat mcafee are always a lot of fun but this was like the best presentation of kofi and xavier as a tag team in this matchup and the finish was what i pretty much expected i knew all this where it was butch was going to lead to him eventually coming in and interfere and helping Sheamus and ridge get the victory here but the finish, it, it does have a deflating feeling because this really felt like it should have been the blow-off, and I don't think it is. Not at all. No, I don't think this is the blow-off at all. Maybe that will get announced today that it'll be a backlash match. Who knows? I'm sure we'll find out at some point, but I can definitely see them still feuding for a while. Um, hey, it's Kayla Braxton again. She's, once again, putting in all the work on this show. Um, she went to speak to Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman had a little funny interaction with her. Then Sami Zayn approached Paul Heyman and Kayla Braxton walked off and Paul Heyman just calls her, no, don't leave me alone with him! Don't which, leave me alone with him! <laughs> which I thought was very funny. Um, really liked uh, Paul Heyman in this segment. Um, Sami Zayn, I really like his character here. So he was listening in on Shinsuke's promo earlier. You saw him in the background listening to Shinsuke's promo. He went to Paul Heyman and said, hey, I'm not a tattletale or anything, but I was listening to Shinsuke's promo earlier, and he he's he hasn't forgotten about Roman Reigns. He's still got it out for the bloodline. So on behalf of Roman Reigns, I want to take out Shinsuke for you. And Paul Heyman was like, the tribal chief acknowledges your your hard work, your dedication, all that stuff. I really like everyone's character motivations at play here because they all make sense. Sami Zayn just wants the approval of Roman Reigns. He wants the protection from the bloodline and wants to become essentially a de facto member of the bloodline to be part of that kind of like inner circle. Paul Heyman just wants Sammy Zayn to take care of a problem that might come up down the line. He's like, yeah, sure. Sammy, go take care of that thing. I don't really care. Whatever. Do your thing. And he can just say like, Oh yeah, Roman Reigns really acknowledges all your, all your efforts and stuff, but Sammy Zayn's probably going to get beaten up. Great. That's always fun. Um, so yeah, I just, I just think this all makes a lot of sense for everyone involved. And it was, it made sense. That is thumbs up. That's that's all I need, really, is for it to make sense, and I enjoy it. 
if you if you need to if you haven't noticed, ladies and gentlemen, all we really care about is making sense on SmackDown. Yeah. <laughs> if stuff makes sense, we will give we're gonna give it a thumbs up. And this was great. You had a little acknowledgement of the past relationship with Paul Heyman and Kayla Braxton, him saying that Kayla was flirting with him and he does he want her does she want him to take him out take her out for pizza in New York? Uh so that was a nice little reference. The the, the line about don't leave me alone with him with Sammy and Sammy and Paul Heyman they, that just worked that was like I was like this is like my favorite combo of people in a segment together and it really just works for me and I love the new Sammy Zayn character trying to get in with the mob boss that is Roman Reigns by his consigliere uh, <laughs> Paul Heyman getting through through that way and you know making the challenge for Shinsuke Nakamura all of this worked for me yeah, I, this was all really, really good. And I liked afterwards as well, there was an ad break, then it came back in. Sami Zayn, apologies for that drilling. Uh, Sami Zayn is speaking to Adam Pearce, uh, and he says, next week, on behalf of the bloodline, I want to um, request a match against Shinsuke Nakamura next week. And Adam Pearce says, actually, I can make the match for you right now. And Sami's like, uh-oh. So then, I mean, that's fine. That's all good and, and dandy and stuff. What are Adam Pierce's powers? <laughs> what can and can't he do? He couldn't make the, the, the Ronda Charlotte match, but he can make a match on the fly that just comes to him. And what what was supposed to be going on during that part of SmackDown? That was my real <laughs> question. I was like, was he waiting for someone like Sami Zayn to come in and be like, hey, I need to have a match like right now. Like, okay, I guess we didn't have anything else planned. So yeah, sure, you can have the yeah. match right now. Like, what's going on? It was just going to be a really long ad break. <laughs> um, but now we can have a match, I guess. Great. Oh man, it's, oh, it's always makes me laugh. Um, yeah, I, I, Adam Pierce is an enigma that I will never solve. Um, then we got the Lacey Evans return that we already spoke about. Then we got Sammy versus Shinsuke, which starts quick. It was decent for what it was. These guys are obviously both very, very good. Um, obviously, nowhere near what we know they can do in the ring, but it was what it was. And they brought to the outside. Sammy Zayn started kind of like running such crawling away around the outside went through like the commentary table chairs and stuff like that and then he got shinsuke up against the barricade hit a haluva kick and then ran into the ring for the nine count meaning shinsuke lost via count out now to me hitting a finisher on the outside and making sure that your opponent can't get back in the ring for the 10 count that feels like a very legitimate win but it was really played up like a cheap win and i don't know why necessarily because it wasn't like, you know, he just pulled Shinsuke out of the way and just ran in the ring. He he hit his finisher. He hit a halluva kick on the outside. Like, that's a pretty that's a pretty big deal. Like, he, he took him out for the 10 count because he hit his finisher. That's like an actual legit finish. But, yeah, this is just played up as like, oh, Sammy steals another win. It's like, it, but was it, though? I don't know. I, I agree with you. It was more similar to like the count out when we saw for like Darby Allen against the butcher, uh, you know, mm. like a month ago on rampage where he hit the coffin drop, got back in the ring because the guy was bigger than him. It just made more sense to get the win that way. And it made more sense for Sami Zayn instead of trying to get Shinsuke back in the ring. You were, he was already at the nine count, hit the Aluva kick, got back in the ring in time. This is probably the most legitimate win that Sami Zayn has gotten in, 
months um, since the last time he beat Shinsuke Nakamura when he won the Intercontinental Championship. But yeah, like the match itself was was decent for what it was. It didn't get a whole lot of time, and I didn't understand Sami Zayn winning. So I do understand why commentary tried to make it sound like a cheap victory because if Nakamura is focused on Roman Reigns. He should be winning matches like this. But I feel like WWE was like, hey, we already made Sami Zayn run away three weeks in a row against Drew McIntyre. He can't do it again. So we're going to, you know, subvert the expectation where it looks like he's going to run away. But he really is just trying to go uh, Shinsuke in to get the victory by countout. Which, like, I think will make sense. And I think if it, if it had been a legitimately cheap win from Sami then you can build kind of like a Sami Shinsuke feud and blow that off and Shinsuke gets a big win and then Shinsuke can go like after the big boss Roman or, you know, down the line. But I think having Sami just kind of win pretty much legit here kind of undermines what they're trying to do, but we'll see how that pans out, I suppose. Um, what came after that? Then we had the main event segment, which was RK McBro and the Bloodline, which, okay... Um, the fact that they promoted this as, oh, they're going to go face to face. And it's like, they did that on Raw. Like, all of them were there. They brawled at everything. It was pretty weird. Um, I really liked RK McBro's promo to start with because, and bless Riddle, because if he wasn't there, this would not have worked. Yes. But Riddle is just the guy that just makes this, all this comedy stuff just work. And anyone involved with him. He also makes them funny as well, and I don't know how he does that. But he is—he is absolutely the 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 glue of this segment that brings them all together. It, it's so so good because they they all acknowledge various things, and you know they had Drew McIntyre acknowledging that he beat up Randy Orton, Randy Orton acknowledging that he beat up Drew McIntyre, and Riddle's like, and we all acknowledge that bygones are bygones. I also acknowledge that Randy Orton has the thickest legs in <laughs> WWE, and he's like, the you most also muscular, bigger, but his but his his he was a more vascular, and it's like, oh, that's that's good. It like it's a good line. It's funny, and all of them are like acknowledge, 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 like the whole time, and it's like bouncing off of Riddle just instantly somehow makes you more funny. And that 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 really made the segment work for me. Um, Drew McIntyre called Roman Reigns the biggest piece of crap walking this earth, and I was like, feels like a bit much, Drew. <laughs> but you know, maybe temper that a little bit. Um, but yeah, sure. Uh, Roman comes out with the rest of the bloodline. He goes to cut a promo with the mic, but instead just throws the mic away, and the crowd don't really react to that at all. And I was like, that's supposed to be a big deal, guys. But sure. Um, they come down, they have a brawl very, very quickly, and then the babyfaces stand tall. Uh, Riddle and Randy Orton hit an RKO. Drew hits a Claymore onto Roman. And that's that. Now, I would have said that this was a very effective go-home angle, but it was the second brawling go-home angle on this show. I think it was the worst brawl of the two, and also worse than what they did on Raw. So I don't think it was actually that effective it didn't add anything that we hadn't already seen to this feud eh, it's kind of how i felt it felt like to me i always go i always follow this of booking one-on-one with wwe is whoever stands tall in the go-home show usually is not gonna win at the pay-per-view so this made me feel like oh man the bloodline are gonna win this six man so 
we're really they're really not gonna go to drew and roman because it makes sense to do this six man if drew gets the victory leading into the whole feud of mcintyre and reigns but if he loses at the pay-per-view doesn't that kind of put him down the line just a little bit even though it's not a a singles a loss it's still a loss on pay-per-view in a big time matchup i know roman is the end-all be-all but he kind of needs challengers at this point because we were now a month a month and change out of wrestlemania and we still don't know who's the first challenger for our undisputed universal champion so yeah it just was very baffling and i do agree like monday night raw was the better of these where both sides kind of came out even, even though RK Bro came in and gave the RKOs to the Usos, and then Roman was surrounded by all three men and they left them alone with Drew. We got the interactions with Drew and Roman, but then you know everybody started brawling and then they separated everybody. So everybody came out even in this one. It was clearly they were trying to build up RK McBro, and they did a good job of doing that, but it just Knowing WWE and wearing my Vince hat, as I always like to say, it just makes me believe that the bloodline are going to get the victory at the pay-per-view. I like the whole interaction with RK McBro. Like you said, Riddle is just hilarious. Even even getting Drew McIntyre to make a weed reference a one in my opinion that's a that's a that's a joint uh joint acknowledgement i love it i mm-hmm. love every single moment of that so that was great stuff i wish we would have got a full build-up to this six-man tag to see these three interact some more it feels like something that was tacked on before the lumberjack match and then they just decided to do the six-man the week after and we've only really got two shows of a build-up to the six-man tag yeah, and I think all of what you're saying makes a lot of sense. Like, you would want the baby faces to go over, but I think it only really matters if wins and losses matter, which, as we know in WWE, they don't. Um, and I don't think they want Roman to lose. Roman hasn't lost a match, a- any match, since, what, 2019 or something like that? It's a long time since he's lost his last match. So I think they're just going to have the Bloodline win because that's the team with Roman on, and we can't have Roman lose. So I reckon one of the uh, riddle will probably get pinned maybe by Roman. And then you'll have drew go after Roman anyway, and just be like, well, you didn't pin me. So singles feud, maybe, I don't know. Um, Anyway, that was basically the whole show. I thought it was a three out of five show. It was better than SmackDown's been recently. Cause recently it's been dog ass. Uh, and this yeah. was better than that at least. It had a couple of attempts at go-home angles, which was good. One of them I thought was good with the Roman, uh, the Ronda Charlotte stuff. One of them was fine with the Bloodline um, RK McBro stuff. And one of them was Happy Talk, which was bad. Um, overall, though, with that really fun match of the Shamson Hall and New Day match, I thought this was a three out of five show. It was okay. Yeah, I have to agree with you. It was a three out of five. Like SmackDown, in my opinion, has been the worst show uh, of the three weekly shows from WWE. And that's coming from someone who weekly has to review NXT 2.0. But at least I could find some humor in that. A lot of times SmackDown is very boring and this didn't feel boring. So at least they yes. had they, it was up from there. Yeah, better, better than boring. SmackDown, that's the tagline. Better than boring. <laughs> um, anyway, let's talk about uh, Rampage now, shall we? Uh, which started off with uh, a women's tag match of Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter versus Tony Storm and Ruby Soho. That's a hell of a lineup. 
uh, for yes. this match. I'll just point that one out. Wow, that's four wrestlers right there. Um, I really enjoyed this. I thought this was really good. Uh, I really like the interactions between all of them here. I I really like that. I don't know how to explain this properly, but when Britt Baker was women's champion, it felt like they really wanted to give her vulnerabilities, but they couldn't because she was the champion. And then they decided to do like, Riho is going to beat her, um, which I didn't agree with at the time, but whatever. Um, and it feels like now, now that she's now that Thunder Rosa's champion, they can start have Baker mixing it up a little bit more she doesn't feel like kind of like this person that's on the pedestal above all the other women she's kind of a bit more on everyone's level and everyone feels a bit more elevated because they're around baker's level now as well which i really enjoyed in this match i like really like the dynamic between everyone in this match and i really really enjoyed it was good fun big thumbs up from me yeah we're in full agreement on that one. I thought that this was a nice way to kick off the show. And it was history-making, as Britt Baker always likes to be a history-maker. It was the first time a women's match kicked off an episode of Rampage. So uh, that was a nice change of pace. It set up two women's matches on the show. And it was a little preview of the Owen Hart uh, Foundation Tournament, which I think they've been doing a good job on, on both the men's and the women's side. Ruby Soho was, once again, it, I feel like any time these four women are in a segment together ruby soho stands out as the star to me and i felt like she was very motivated like she has a pep in her step now that she's been being used over the last couple of weeks and she felt like that i really felt like it should have been the moment for ruby soho to get her win back on Britt baker in this but i think they are more setting up the uh future which it seems like on they're going to be on both sides they're both sides uh the same bracket of dr Britt baker dmd jamie Hayter, and tony storm so the finish with Tony Storm pinning Baker kind of sets that up. Either Storm has Baker's number or Baker's going to get her win back in the tournament. Either or, I thought that this was a fun way to kick off the show. All four women interacted very well. I, I've been loving Jamie Hayter, by the way. Jamie Hayter has, like, without really saying much in those backstage promos, she's been standing out. Like, the little moment when uh, Ruby Soho was like, oh, you just got to put your, your manhood on the uh, on the table. And then Jamie Hayter looks underneath uh, <laughs> Britt Baker's, <laughs> Baker's uh, shirt and, like, looking for her manhood. And then this past week where she's, like, looking at the camera like, and then this match, her interactions with Tony Storm were really good. So I love all four of these women, and this was a good way to kick off the show. Absolutely. We then got, calling into the show, big fan Eddie Kingston uh, called in to AEW Rampage somehow. Not going to question the logistics of this one. Um, where they played him talking on the phone to Chris Jericho. Eddie Kingston is so good. That even on a little phone call where you can't see his face, I'm still like, best promo. <laughs> God, this is so good. Him saying that he went home and he saw his wife crying because she was so scared and then said, I'm going to make you feel that way, Chris. And he said, I'm going to hurt you. And as he said it, he was like half laughing. He was like, I'm going to hurt you. And it's going to be great. And I was like, <laughs> I'm scared. <laughs> I... Really good. 
love Eddie Kingston. Like Eddie Kingston over the phone. That is the best over the pro phone promo I've heard in professional wrestling history. They used to do this a lot in like the 90s on Monday Night Raw and stuff. And but and even on Nitro. But this was like the first time I remember it for AEW where it really just worked. And just him describing, you know, his wife seeing him with the you with the burn mark and her crying. And then Jericho's reaction. Jericho's reactions to what Eddie Kingston has been saying has probably been the best part of this feud. His reactions to Eddie getting in his face, like, look at my eyes, look at my eyes. You're not built for this. You're going to put a hit on on me. You're not built for this. And his reaction to that. And then his reactions to this was just great. I, I, I like the interactions between these two. I just wish that overall the JAS uh, Kingston and Santana Ortiz would get over some more people in this. I feel like Santana had a good showing against Chris Jericho uh, but I feel like Ortiz has kind of been in the in the background of this as well as the rest of JAS someone like Daniel Garcia had a great match with Eddie Kingston on Rampage but it hasn't really felt like they are really pushing him for further so I'm hoping after double or nothing we get the big stipulation match between Kingston and Jericho and we see some type of progression in the story yeah totally 100% agree uh, Tony Nice did a promo with Mark Sterling where he challenged Danhausen to a match. All right. And then we got Hook versus JD Drake. Uh, Hook won pretty quickly, obviously. I quite like the way he got into the red rum this time. This was good. I really like that he looked like he was going to do the classic spot if he got chopped and was like, yeah, hit me again. And as he's going to do it, he just headbutted him. <laughs> it was, that was a really Hook spot. I can tell, like, that's personality because I was like, you know, Hook asking for a chop doesn't really, like, fit. Like, he just goes in there, gets the business done, leaves. That's, like, his thing. He's not going to stand around and wait to get chopped and stuff. doesn't really fit, Hook. And then him asking for the chop, I was like, oh, that's weird. And then he just says the head, but I was like, there it is. There's Hook. Never mind. You got me. Um, This was a fine enough match. It was a Hook match. It was what it was. It was good fun. Uh, Dan Housen then came out and said uh, Hook should be in his corner because Tony Nese is going to have Mark Sterling, so maybe Hook can be in Danhausen's corner. And the crowd were really chanting for Hookhausen. They really wanted Hook to be in his corner. Hook, uh, Danhausen was like, come on, give me an answer, and like pushed him in the chest. So Hook in almost like instinctually just pushed Danhausen to the floor and everyone booed. Danhausen then offered him a bag of chips with a bow on it, and, Ho uh, and Hook picked him up and was kind of like debating doing it, and the crowd was like, yes, yes, yes. And he was like don't know whether I should take these or not. I don't know what to do. And then he threw them on the ground and he left. And he didn't take them. I have been relatively critical of the Hookhausen stuff, mainly because I don't really get Danhausen. I just, I'm not, I'm not, I don't really understand it. I'm not really on board with it. But people like it and that's fine. I don't have to like it. That's okay. Please keep doing it if people like it and people really like it. Um, I like this segment. This was fun. This was nice. I like the bag of chips and the bow and him being like, no, I'm not going to do it. That's cool. I'm on board with that. Yeah, that's what I thought. I I was kind of like you at the beginning of this whole Hookhausen storyline. I was just like, ah, this kind of feels like a step down or a, a, a kind of a, a fork in the road for Hook where you're taking him more down the comedy route. But 
this combination just works. Like ever since Dan Housen popped out of the, the trash can and was like, I, I, I got the chips. This is the source of your powers. And <laughs> the way they've used the chips, which has kind of been the prop of Hook as like this figure in this whole feud and in this whole story, it just was great. And Hook's acting was impeccable. It went out after Dan Housen leaves him the chips and he just has like, Oh man, I feel bad now. I didn't know he got me a birthday present because it's it's Hook just had his birthday and he's like he bought me some chips, this nice bag of chips, and the crowd was like into it, and then they're disappointed when he throws down the chips because he's like I'm still the cold, the cold heart, handsome devil. I can't I can't accept these chips, but I feel kind of bad now. So you can see where the story is going, where Hook will probably make his presence known during that Dan Housen and Tony Nice match. I really enjoyed the squad victory just hooks regular offense on someone big like jd drake just makes it that more impressive like that suplex he did where he lifts jd drake i was like whoa i didn't know he had that in him and then the yeah the headbutt to the chop was very good and i love the way he did the red roam it was kind of like you know in mma when a bigger guy has the size and the power advantage you just hook him in, get the submission, and then he tapped out real quick. He didn't go have to go down. He didn't really uh, diminish J.D. Drake much, so that was a good... Everything about this segment kind of checked off for me, and I am one of the number one hookers out there, and I want to say that the top three stories in wrestling is the Blackpool Combat Club, the Baddies, and Hookhausen. That Hookhausen has made the top three stories for me because I'm very much engaged in where we're going with this. This has vibes. I know a lot of people compared it to AEW's RK Bro, but that story was all over the place. I feel like people don't really want to remember that Randy Orton was kind of cool with being partners with Riddle until he, he took his like month break and then he came back and he's like, oh no, I don't want to be partners with you. I was like, this story didn't make sense. This feels more like our uh, rock and sock connection where mm-hmm. mankind is, is Dan housing. He really wants to be partners with the rock in hook and hook is just like, no, I'm too cool for you. That's what it kind of gives the vibes to me for. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dax Harwood cut a promo backstage saying that he's going to be Adam Cole in the Owen Hart tournament. I'm really looking forward to that match. That should be a bunch of fun. Very excited. Um, and after that, we got another um, Owen Hart women's qualifier of Yuka Sakazaki versus Riho. Um, I thought this was a really fun match. I did not expect this to be as fun as it was. Um, no disrespect to either of the, the wrestlers. I just didn't think it would be put in the spot to have that great a match. I thought it would just be a quick, like, Riho wins. Great. Everyone applaud. But they got some time. They got some chance to showcase what they could do. I thought both of them looked really good. Crowd got really into it by the end as well. This was, this was really good fun. And obviously, Riho won. Good stuff. Two most underrated theme songs in AEW is Riho and and Yuka Sakazaki. I love that. I love it so much. I love the little difference in Riho's attire because she's versing a baby face. So she went a little bit more dark. And like you said, like it was hard hitting. They really worked well with each other. I love the little strike exchange at the end where, you know, that would kind of be the bridge to the ending of the match. And then the ending just comes out of nowhere where Riho kind of took advantage of the fact that she thought they were just trading strikes and then just rolls her up it was very smart brilliant type of match and i thought that this was the best match on the show mm-hmm. yeah i thought this was really really good stuff um and we got the brackets revealed for the women's tournament as well so in the first round it's going to be tony storm versus jamie hater uh 
Britt Baker taking on the Joker. Interesting. Uh, Riho versus Ruby Soho and Red Velvet versus Hikaru Shida. All of those matches I think I'm quite interested in. Um, and I'm hoping... I don't... The thing is, are we going to be keeping on with the Shida Deeb train? Because I kind of don't want that anymore. They've been feuding for like a decade, I think. So I would really like it if the Red Velvet Shida stuff transitioned into a Jade Cargill Shida thing. I'd be well into that. I'm totally with you. I think that probably you should... I think ruby soho should beat riho in the top half of that bracket and i think red velvet should go over uh hikaru shida thanks to the baddies and that should mm-hmm. lead into shida versus uh jade cargill which i think shida would probably be the person to probably give jade her best match yet and i feel like she's yeah. been improving and she's at that point and shida just has good ma- good to great matches with all the women so it just makes sense that that should be like the next goal i don't know if the joker in this tournament is going to win because the men's joker i feel is going to beat samoa joe due to his current rivalry with jay lethal so i think that the joker here should just be someone who is going to lose to dr Britt baker so i'm i'm kind of confused on who it should be who do you think the joker is going to be in this tournament i i honestly don't know because i don't know whether it's just going to be like here's this talent they have a fun match bye-bye or it's going to be like hey here's athena and we're gonna be like oh my god um i i genuinely don't know i'd really like it to be athena and i'd like for them to just put on a banger of a match against having athena and baker i think that would be so much fun um but i don't know who should win that or if athena loses where she would go from there so i don't know i wanted to be athena just for my just to say fun match I think Athena should come in and kind of be probably be the person to dethrone Jay Cargill for the TBS championship. I feel like that would be more of an impactful debut for her. I think the person coming in for uh, the Joker here is probably going to lose to Britt Baker, but I wouldn't mind if it was Deanna Perazzo. I feel like she mm. did have a good showing on Dynamite. I actually did an interview with her last week and she said her dream match in AEW is Dr. Britt Baker DMD. So let her come in. You know, you know, people coming in from Impact or New Japan never win anyway. So let her come in, have a great match with Britt Baker and take the loss. But at least she'll be able to have one of her dream match checked off her list. I also think if you brought in Mia Yim, I feel like she could have like a really good match against Baker and lose and still feel like a big deal and then could go on to have some some good matches and stuff. But I don't know how they would play it. But anyway, yeah. Um, Sean Spears does a promo saying that Wardlow is going to lose because he's he's got the he's got a chair that says Giant Killer on it. Cool. Um, Men of the Year did a promo. Hmm. Ethan Page says the mixed tag team match is off. Okay. Um, Frankie Kazarian came out and then he was talking with with, uh, with Scorpio Sky. And Scorpio is essentially the face in the group and is having all this tension with Dan Lambert and, and Ethan Page and saying that the days of this title are getting passed around like Ty Conti backstage are over. That's a brutal line. That's a brutal line. Um, and says that he's going to be giving Kazarian a title match, which will be next week on Rampage. Cool. I don't, I don't know what's happening with all of these dynamics changing and all of these things. I don't know. It's weird. 
Um, I would say it's very clear that they are still leaning to Dan Lambert and Ethan Page being the heels here because you had mm-hmm. Lambert cut the hometown heat promo saying he's from Baltimore, but now he wants to be considered from Miami because he doesn't want to be associated with these people. You had Ethan Page take away a matchup that probably people want to see, so that gets the heat on him. You also had Kazarian come out and say that Ethan Page is just like uh, Sammy Kavara. They have their stupid little vlog. All he needs is a blonde hair girl, and he's basically Sammy Guevara. And then, you know, the dynamics between uh, uh, Scorpio and Frankie is kind of like they are kind of teasing a reunion of sorts, but first they're going to have this match for the TNT Championship. I just could have done without the, the, the line about Ty Conti. Yeah, I got a pop. Yeah, it was funny in a way, but it's just like Ty has not really done anything for me to boo her like Sammy Guevara has. I think that the the heat should be on Sammy and the insult should be about Sammy passed around like Sammy Guevara backstage. That would make more sense because we saw Sammy get engaged and then he's with Ty Conti a couple of months later. We don't know what happened with Ty Conti in her real life and what happened before her situation with Sammy, but we have seen Sammy me get passed around so that would have been a more effective line i feel like a lot of these dan lambert views just come down to women has sex bad and i'm like uh okay it's 2022 guys let's move on yeah um yeah it's just a lot of changing dynamics with sammy and ty going heel and then like men of the year kind of went face but then ethan and dan are still heels and scorpio going face it's like it feels like a lot there's a lot of change and it still feels like they're finding their feet as to where they want everyone to go and what they want them to do uh, but i'm sure it will play out soon enough um we then got the main event which was jay lethal versus tonosuke Takeshita. i hope i'm saying that right i did not know anything about this man about uh tonosuke Takeshita before this match uh, they played a little video um, highlight package of him being at uh, House Always Wins and on Dark and stuff like that. Some doing some of his movies. I'm like, okay, I, I know a little bit about this guy. Weird choice to have this main event rampage, but okay, sure. You know what? Let's let's just go with it and see see how it goes. And you know what? I really liked him by the end because this match was really designed to get him over more than anything else. And I think they did it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> great good stuff i just thought it was really good i really like the way they transitioned into the lethal injection as well like yeah. it was from like the 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 roll-up pushed him off immediately into the handspring into lethal injection was really really good um yeah i thought this was just a really solid main event a weird choice for a main event but a solid one nonetheless yeah, I think it I think it really worked. Like Takeshna, oh man, that was like so many spots where I really enjoyed just the way he was very crisp with his strikes. His strikes looked a lot more effective than even Lethal's, who Lethal is a veteran and one of the best wrestlers pound for pound in AEW. Uh, but Takeshna was just the star here. That Lariat off the top rope to to Lethal was like the spot of the night. Uh his running knee looked really good. And I liked that the fact that they protected him with having Sanjay Dutt get up on the apron and distract Rick Knox and of course it had to be Rick Knox because they always want Rick Knox to look like the worst referee in in mankind in humankind history Mm -hmm. he always has to look bad so it made sense that it was Rick Knox to be the referee here but I like the fact that they protected Takeshna who really came out of this with more people wanting to get to know him and see his work in DDT and to see more of him in AEW 
Yeah, that, that's a really important point as well. I think this was a really good showcase for DDT as a whole because they mentioned, like, this guy's come over from DDT. This is why you should care about him. And now that people have seen him, I think if they see his name, probably they're going to be like, oh, it's that guy from DDT. And that's a good promotion for, for that promotion as well, which is really, really good. Um, after the match as well, they continued to beat down on Takeshita, but then uh, out came Best Friends, who had a little run-in with Satnam Singh before. Um, and... It, they get beaten up. <laughs> just got demolished by Satnam Singh. Uh, sure, fine. Um, Cassidy looks like he's squaring off with uh, with Satnam, but then he backs down from the apron. Out comes Samoa Joe with a pipe, um, and then but then security breaks him up, and they don't get a chance to interact. And that was the show. Um, I thought it was decent. I'm really. I don't know if I'm that into this Samoa Joe Jay Lethal thing. Honestly, I feel like it's getting very muddled amongst a lot of other stuff and it keeps being putting main event spots where i don't think it should be but i think it's okay as a feud it's a it's a solid mid card feud but i feel like it's pretty consistently being put in main event spots and i think that's diminishing the feud yeah it's kind of taken the spot of the team taz versus swerve and keith lee as like the main feud on rampage that they're building in these main event spots now and yeah it is kind of jarring because samoa joe is still new to the company of course he's a legend but jay lethal had been like off tv for so long that that kind of diminished where he was at in the company and now they kind of just expect us to kind of accept him as a heel when his heel turn happened at an ro each event so it really is just like kind of we're still getting used to it still getting comfortable with it i think they're doing the right things that they need to do to kind of build this up where i think they're gonna blow it off maybe at double or nothing that's why i think that samoa joe is gonna have an early round exit from the owen hart cup so yeah i think they're they're doing what they have to do but yeah it is kind of jarring that they're putting it in the main event spot on so many different shows for sure, yeah. Um, overall, though, a fun episode, as it always is for Rampage. Some fun matches. Four out of five show. Fun. Yeah. That's what yeah. I'd say. Four, four out of five seems like the accurate because, yeah, nothing nothing on this was very, like, bad. I enjoyed everything. But Hookhausen, the best thing on this show. Uh, before we get into the rest of your ultra chats, uh, we have to say thank you to some special people, which uh, are your twenty-five dollar or above pledge hammers on our Patreon page. Uh, I'm going to link them to you now, SB3, because I realised I haven't done that. <laughs> um, so if you haven't visited our Patreon page yet, uh, you should, because there's a load of stuff on it. It's really good. You know, we were talking earlier about Sami Zayn and Shinsuke Nakamura, and we know what they can do. Well, we've got a review of NXT TakeOver Dallas from Luke and Sullivan Brown that just went up a couple weeks ago. So it's them looking back at TakeOver Dallas, and what it's, kind of, it's one of my favorite shows. It, it's not, I think, objectively, it's not the best but it's one of my favorites. It holds such a place in my heart. For, it's mainly for that Sammy Chizkin match, but also that opener with American Alpha and the Revival. It's so good. I love it. Um, so you can go listen to them do their review of TakeOver Dallas. And if you pledge at the $25 or above T, get your own custom wrestling nickname, and it gets right out on a show much like this one. So thank you to He's No Jackass, Dano. Uh, the Roller Coaster, Robert Acosta. 
the venerable Jesse Venable. Wrestle Talk's personal ring announcer, Rodrigo Benitez. Shield Maiden, the Zornice. Chris, the Crip Riot Sensation Petru. Cypriot, but yes, close Cypriot. enough. Crip Riot. That'll do. <laughs> <laughs> the British Bulldog, Philip Boy J. Smith Jr. LIW's American Muscle, Tyler Gormalo. Thank you. Barbaric Garrick Morgan. He can last Sean for longer than you in the ring. He sure can. <laughs> the cleaner, Kenny Shaw. And Gavin Cash Money Kashkawabra. Yeah, that'll do. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Thank you so much, all of our pledge hammers. Also on our Patreon page right now. Um, you can do uh, is the poll for Breast Talk Extra for this month. So you get to choose what show Ollie and Luke will be reviewing. I think in the lead right now is Judgment Day 2002. Um, so that's an interesting uh, little little show on there. I think that's where you have um, Edge and Angle, hair versus hair, I think. Yeah, Sounds about right. Undertaker versus Hollywood Hulk Hogan for the WWE Undisputed yes. Championship. That is correct, yes. Um, so yeah, I think that's in the lead right now, but uh, pretty close behind last time I checked was Extreme Rules 2014, which is WLC. That's all you need to know about that show. Nothing else happened. WLC. That was on the pre-show. <laughs> <laughs> so go vote what, you, what show you want uh, up in, uh, in, uh, on our Patreon page. Now, let's get into the rest of your ultra chats real quick before we end this show. Last chance for those at WrestleTalk.com forward slash support. Those of you in the chat asking about Wrestle League, yes, it is pretty much fixed now. So go check that out as well. It pretty much works. So go check that out. I posted about that yesterday, I think. Uh, Tails P in the ultra chat says, uh, I thought for sure the New Day would win by Woods somehow rolling up Holland through a table. (laughs) Will uh, Von Kaiser have a match, or is he just a manager now? Naomi had a blue version of Big Bertha's outfit from the Mario Bros. movie. I don't know the Mario Bros. movie well enough. I'm sorry. Oh, man. I haven't seen the Mario Bros. movie in such a long time, but I think you're right. I think you are right, though. Yeah. Um, Imagine if Woods managed to roll up Holland through a table. That would have been amazing. If they could come up with a creative spot like that, that would have been really funny. Uh, Oh, well. Um... (laughs) On the subject of AEW, Plan R says Ruby Soho looks to have a decent shot of making the final, excuse me, the final of the Owen. As a huge fan of Ruby, I will die inside if she doesn't win. I'm legitimately worried that if Ruby doesn't win this thing, I'll turn sour for a while. I don't want to, but I know I will. Yeah, I think it would fit her story if she made mm-hmm. it to the finals and lost to Tony Storm. And that should set up her heel turn because she lost yes. in the TBS title uh, tournament fi- finals. She'll lose in the Owen Cup finals. And then she could turn heel on who's supposed to be our friend, Tony Storm. And she lost to Baker as well um, yeah. after she won the, after she first came in and won the Casino Battle Royal. Um, Tails P said, I missed Rampage because I forgot to edit two o'clock this weekend. Is this Lethal's first win in AEW uh, on 
Dynamite and Rampage, I think it might be. He's definitely one on Dark a bunch, but yeah, I think it. I think it is, and yeah, I, I think someone uh, made me notified of uh, on Twitter that Frankie Kazarian has one of the like most wins in AEW, but he's never won a singles match on AEW Dynamite or Rampage. So Lethal's <laughs> one better than him. Yeah. Uh, the last time Hook shared chips with someone, they betrayed Team Taz. I think the Joker will be Jade from the Dollhouse. Jade from the Doll. Oh, that's uh, Mia Yin. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, I think that's going to do it for the Ultra Chats. Um, also, I've seen someone in the chat asking stuff about Patreon. Uh, message us on the Patreon page and I can respond to you over there so I don't miss it in the live chat and all that stuff. So SP3, obviously you are in London for a little bit longer. Do you have any other plans? What are you what are you up to when you're in London? Well, I do have to get in a, a daily boys day. You know, I got to hang out with Sat mm -hmm. like we talked during the intro, but I haven't seen Alex McCarthy. I need to see see my, my brother from a from an Irish mother, Alex McCarthy, mm -hmm. and need to uh, us three, Sat and Alex and me need to all meet up and have a brother's day because Sat mm -hmm. is, Sat's about to be, you know, into the daddy duty like me and Alex already are. We're, 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 I'm, I'm not a seasoned vet. I'm a two-year vet. Alex is the seasoned vet because his children yeah. are like eight, seven, eight years old now. So he's the seasoned vet. So we're like different levels of it. So we do mm -hmm. need to give him like the daddy playbook before he becomes officially a part of the DAD mm -hmm. Inc. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds amazing yeah have you done much touristy stuff when you've been here or has it literally just been like i'm here i'm gonna work <laughs> um when i came in 2019 for the first time with my partner uh we we did a lot of tourist stuff we went to the palace uh mm -hmm. i took i took her to like a museum over there where i was kind of more into the art than she was which was weird for me because i'm like yeah. i'm from new york i I'm, all we have is museums there we have museums <laughs> and nightclubs in new york yeah. that's like majority of the places to go to so i was into the stuff and she's just like yeah there's a picture great and uh, and we go but we when we went to the palace we got to see like the guys in front with the red jackets marching around mm -hmm. so we did like the tourist stuff then like now we kind of have a place and it's like kind of far we're in like Sudbury so it's kind of far mm -hmm. out from from London so we we mostly have just been spending time with like different family as well as me working my a million and one podcast so she always loves mm -hmm. that <laughs> yeah i'm 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 sure it's a thrill to always be working all the time yeah <clears throat> um when are you when are you heading back I, i'm gonna be here until past my birthday my birthday is on the 18th so i'm gonna be here mm. for a few more weeks that's what i told ali before i left the office i was like i gotta gotta make my way back around once again maybe we can me and you can have a have a podcast in person when i, when I come back around again so yeah i, I definitely need to come back because i was just so loving like i text my partner as i'm in the office i was like they're just so lovely like they're they're, they're splendid people when i talk to them you know in the interacting like this went from my home and stuff but even in person you guys are just even more great like you're the best bunch of people that I, and I love being a part of the wrestle talk family it's been like the best thing about wrestling media for me 
see the thing is i'm sure you were thinking that and then you watched us play speedrunners on our lunch break and then we all just started cussing each other out and would and you were like where did all this hate come from uh i'm 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 sure that's what happened right because I love how you have been like you you really transformed into like the biggest true heel possible when you're playing <laughs> when you're playing speedrunners. Like Pete's like Pete's like going from a different angle and everybody's like, Oh yeah, you need to stay over there and he's just like, Oh yeah, I'm just winning from this angle, this horrible <laughs> angle. <laughs> It's like I was watching, uh, like I was part of WWE watching their show. It was that kind of angle I was playing at the TV to give me a disadvantage so I didn't win so much. And then I won. So, you know, what am I supposed to do in that situation, man? Like, how am I supposed to not celebrate myself for being awesome? Come on. <laughs> Give me a you break. Were really, you were really good. Like, it took me a while because <laughs> it's, it's fast moving with speedrunners. Mm. But once I realized which one was you and that the fact that you kept winning, I was just like, wow, I, I like this t- side of Pete. I like this yeah. true heel side of me. <laughs> See, the thing is. It's the only thing that I'm good at in the office. So I have to like take that and just be like, this thing's mine. No, no one else win, please. This is the one that this is the one thing that I've got. Because we got all the other stuff. We've had the Randy games this week that's yes. gone on through the Rust Talk News episodes, which is like Andy just got to do stuff that he's good at, which is like, you know, he got to throw the the nerf ball really far because he's been boasting about that for ages of how far he can throw one of those things. So we're like, fine, we'll make that one of the Randy Games things. And then he got to run, which he's good at. And then he got to play Quop, which he's apparently really good at. And he got to do speedrunners as part of a game, which he's he is pretty good at. Not as good as me, but he is pretty good at. Um, <laughs> That's why they didn't give you that one. They didn't give you <laughs> yeah, Exactly, <that> right? Because <laughs> we have to just rig it. I'd have to just like be bad on purpose. Um but yeah, so Andy just got to show off all the stuff that he's good at, and I've got speedrunners, and that's it. That's my that's my skill set. That's that's my CV, start to finish. Skills, speedrunners. Even though you get frustrated, you're really good at my GM. Though I've been watching the series, <laughs> and you 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 seem to be ahead of Luke. You know the little things that Luke misses mm-hmm. out on, and I like it as as an old school uh, GM mode person from SmackDown versus Raw. I appreciate your skill level. See, that's the thing. I really like the 2006 SmackDown Raw 06 GM. It was re- really really fun little mode. But the problem is, I feel like it was really easily exploitable because you just did three-on-one handicap matches all the time. And it's just like, why not? Just do that for every match. <laughs> but it was fine. Um, I, I'm really liking my GM on 2K. I genuinely think it's it's quite a good mode. I know a lot of people say it's like very surface level and superficial and stuff, but I think it genuinely has enough like moving parts at the same time that you can get yourself in a bit of a tizzy to be like, right, I have so many things going on at the same time, even though it's only, you know, three matches a card, now four if you want to. It's still like a lot to manage. So I feel like it's still a pretty decent challenge. Um, And also, I think you should reserve your uh, judgment of my skill level until you've watched the whole series. (laughs) That's what I'm going to say. Teaser right there. That's a cliffhanger, ladies and gentlemen. We've obviously recorded a few more episodes than what's gone up, and... There might be some stuff happening in the next few that might change your mind. <laughs> For now, you're good. You're good at what you're doing. Yeah. For now, I'm okay. Anyway, uh, that's going to have to do it for this episode of the Russell Talk podcast. Uh, thank you so much for watching, everyone. Really do appreciate it or listening, I guess. And we're going to be back. It's WrestleMania Backlash tomorrow. So we're going to have live reactions on the Russell Talk podcast channel. Uh, we're going to have a review with 
Ollie and Andy or Adam, yeah. maybe? Yeah. I don't know. Someone's going to have a, a review podcast on Monday. So stay tuned for that. Uh, subscribe, etc. And uh, stay tuned for more content. Thank you so much for listening. Stay safe. We love you very much. Goodbye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.